I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Yes, yeah, so let's so, just dive right in. Let's just go into it. I love it that there are certain, like, tweets and memes that just recycle themselves throughout time. Like, I'm seeing a lot of the memes from um, Brett Kavanaugh when mm-hmm. that whole thing, that whole confirmation hearing was going on. I'm yeah. seeing them resurrect themselves. Uh-huh. Uh, like, I saw one today that I almost posted to our Instagram that was just like, women are showing considerable straight, not b- restraint, not burning down everything today. Yeah. And yeah. like, the person was just like, it's early. Give it's it early. time. Like, yeah. we might. Um, so, of course, what's all over my social media feed, I'm sure yours, yeah. uh, and I think a Probably lot of our a lot listeners, of yours, yeah. yeah, is the Alabama bill that has just passed. So we are going to talk about that just off the top. Mm. I know you have a lot about it. I have a lot about it. So we can just kind of dive right into what's happened here. Yeah, let's talk about what Governor Kay Ivey did, shall we? Sure. That is the Alabama governor. She signed a near-total abortion ban, which challenges the 40 years of federal abortion protection under Roe v. Wade. So I did write a little bit of information about what Roe v. Wade is, even though I know a lot of people probably know right. 
what I, it is. I think it is important to understand this, and we'll talk about why it's important to understand Roe v. Wade later. Uh, but all of these things that have passed, so there are bills that have passed now in Alabama, which seems to be the strictest. Yes. Uh, but also Georgia, Indiana, Ohio, Missouri. Kentucky. Uh, a lot of these states are passing laws that are... They are so ridiculous because they are trying to get Roe v. Wade overturned. Yeah, so the the list of states is... Um... Mississippi, Kentucky, Ohio, and then lawmakers in Tennessee, Missouri, South Carolina, Florida, Texas, Louisiana, and West Virginia are considering similar proposals. So those are all the states that are, like, somewhat involved in all of this. And um, just a, a recap on Roe v. Wade. It was a decision made by the Supreme Court where the court ruled that the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment provides a fundamental right to privacy that protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose whether or not to have an abortion and also ruling that this right is not absolute and must be balanced against the government's interest in protecting women's health and protecting prenatal life. So they... They ruled the court ruled that during the first trimester, the government couldn't prohibit abortion at all. The second uh, trimester government could require reasonable health regulation. And the third trimester abortions could be prohibited entirely so long as laws contain exceptions for life threatening risks to the mother. So that's kind of been the baseline of where our abortion laws have been. Of course, some states are more liberal than other states. Some some states are far more conservative. So all the states that we just mentioned have ridden that very conservative line. Yeah. So basically saying that the state has no right to uh, inhibit your right to get a abortion in the first trimester. Yeah. So usually these states uh, historically have very strictly um, put laws essentially immediately as soon as you were in the second trimester. Yeah. What we're seeing right now, Alabama has, the Alabama Senate has just passed a bill that would ban abortion at the moment of conception. Yeah. Uh, I've seen this kind of both ways. I've seen it said at the moment of conception. I've also seen it at six weeks. Or like the heartbeat. But Heartbeat ban. Which isn't even a heartbeat. So, I mean, that's also a very misleading term Mm -hmm. uh, because it, at six weeks, the fetus or the embryo doesn't have a heartbeat. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have a heart. So that's a very misleading. We use the term heartbeat, like, when expectant mothers will go in and they'll do an ultrasound and they'll say, do you want to hear the heartbeat? And that is what they are referring to. Yeah. Uh, but technically, it's not a heartbeat because there is no heart yet. A heart yeah. has not developed in this embryo. What are they hearing then? Um, it's I, I looked it up. I can't remember exactly, so I don't want to misspeak, but right. it's more of like a murmur. It's like a vibration okay. that's happening within the em- embryo. Okay, that makes so sense. It, yes. So um, I have seen it both ways. I've seen it at from the moment of conception and also at six weeks. Realistically, there's very little difference between those two regardless because yeah. most women don't know that they're pregnant until they're at least six weeks anyway. Yeah. And even then, so let's go off of six weeks. Like, let's okay. give them the benefit of the doubt and let's say it's not moment of conception, it's six weeks. So let's let's do that. Um, Such a benefit of the doubt. Six weeks. First of all, you very likely will not know you are pregnant at six weeks. Like, Mm -hmm. that's very likely because you won't even miss a period until you're four weeks in. Yeah, and sometimes, like, I remember when watching um, pregnancy test videos that they'll be able to detect it 
right after your missed period. Like, I feel like there are times when taking, like, an at-home pregnancy test that sometimes it's even hard to detect Well, and I feel like soon. the people who would be taking an at-home pregnancy test right after they miss their period are people who are trying to get pregnant. Yeah. Because when you're someone like me whose period is very unpredictable or has been yeah. uh, unpredictable... Two weeks doesn't really feel like... Two weeks would be right around the time when I'd be like, uh, I think something might be wrong. Like, maybe I should take a pregnancy test. Yeah. So by that time, you're already out of time to get an abortion. By yeah. the time you find out you're pregnant, say by whatever kind of crazy miracle you manage to find out you're pregnant at four weeks. Getting an abortion for many people, not for everybody, is a heavy decision that requires a lot of time and thinking and emotional work on the on the front end for a lot of people not everybody so you're having to do that emotional work and also make an appointment that's what i was gonna say to actually go through make the appointment go through with it be scheduled all that kind of stuff in two weeks it's a very small time because yeah most women are not going to know they're pregnant yeah. Like, so... Well, I actually... I uh, This girl that I knew years ago is pregnant, and she said that she actually had, like, a period, but it was very, very short and very light. Well, people spot, even when they're on their... Uh, even when they're pregnant. Yeah, so she thought that she just had the easiest period she's ever had and didn't even think that she could be pregnant. Right. Because they had just started trying. Right. And so, you know, it's really an arbitrary number to say six weeks because effectively that doesn't mean anything. You're not allowing a a woman any amount of time to be able to make a kind, that kind of decision, even if she fucking did know, which I've known people who haven't known they were pregnant until they were eight weeks. Yeah. So that seems totally like normal. Yeah. So six weeks, you're already beyond a time whenever you could do anything about it. Right. Well, and this bill also makes it a felony for a doctor to perform or attempt an abortion during any stage of pregnancy. We had a commenter say that people were spreading, like, fake news about how, like, the woman, it would be a felony for a woman to get an abortion and whether or not that was true or not. And the only thing that I read is that a doctor would be convicted of a felony or a doctor or a person who performs an abortion would be um, convicted of a felony. Although I did see that a woman would be criminalized for leaving the state to get yes, an abortion, that. which to me, so I understand what they're saying. And yes, like I should, that was my post. I posted that. Um, so I should have done more due diligence on the front hand. What I assumed that that post was talking about is if you can't get an abortion in your state, you're going to leave the state to get an abortion. And this law, so while in the state, yes, if a doctor performs an abortion in the state, that doctor would would face 99 years in prison. So the um, mother or the person, I don't even want to say mother, the the, the person person. seeking the uh, abortion would not be the person who would be uh, criminally charged in that case if they were to leave the state. So, okay, so what we're talking about here is this law in Alabama, what sets it apart outside of the very narrow window Mm -hmm. that a person could get an abortion. So six weeks is an incredibly narrow window. Even in the past, the the past heartbeat bills have been 12 weeks, right? Mm -hmm. So that's an an additional six weeks, double the time. Which is 12 weeks, I feel, has been a common marker. Right, and even even then, a lot of people have felt like that's too... That's too, too restrictive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so this is six weeks. So already it's very restrictive. But what sets it apart outside of that is that even if, and I know we talked about this last week, but 
it does not allow any exceptions for rape or incest. Yeah. So if a woman was to go out of the state because no doctors in the state could give her an abortion. Yeah. She she got raped. She'd go out of the state to get an abortion. She could come back and face criminal charges. Yeah, and the guy who raped her could face no it likely, no likely would receive no jail time. Yeah. If he did receive jail time, it would probably be less than the oh, jail time she received. For sure. Yeah. For and sure. definitely would be less than the jail time that a doctor, doctor who performed the abortion would receive. Well, and that is made very, very obvious to me when the Alabama House Representative Terry Collins told NBC that they wanted to keep the bill's text clean as possible, specifically to address the language in Roe v. Wade and revisit the question on whether a baby in the womb is considered a person. So it kind of all goes back to that, where the people who uh, are typically the pro-life side of things believe that the fetus is a person, at the moment of conception. So people see it as murder. So I believe that if a woman were to be charged, would it not be would it be a similar charge as like a murder charge? I've seen some states consider um charging them with murder. I don't think that that practically has been something that's been proposed. Yeah. Uh, but would that not be in a juror's mind? Would that well, not of be, course, if they're you know, pro-life, of course, if they're pro-life. Yeah. But here's the thing about that. And so we're going to address Roe v. Wade in a second. But like, I want to talk about a little bit <laughs> this absolutely ludicrous claim that 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 this is murder, because <laughs> if a woman was to do this on her, it takes two people to get pregnant. Yeah. So you're saying that the man who got this woman pregnant, the rapist who got this woman pregnant, et cetera, et cetera, is not an accessory to murder? Would you not charge them in the That's same true. way that you would charge an accessory to murder? If you're saying that the woman is murdering a person, yeah. then would not other people who contributed to this event yeah. also be charged as an accessory if to murder? If I were to think in their pea-sized brains, I would think that they would make the argument that... The the man or the partner in this situation could argue to say that it wasn't their decision to have the abortion. Do you remember when we watched the red pill and the guy said that he was really upset because the woman went off and had an abortion without, like, informing him? Sure, but there's also plenty of instances where the man is involved. I completely agree, but I'm saying that if if in this world that we're imagining right now, if a woman were to be charged with murder of a baby who was a fetus, a man could say I had no part in it. That's uh, all I'm saying. Understandable, but also, like, if this law was to protect the unborn and not just to punish women, there should at least be mention totally agree. of the fact that many abortions happen with both parties, the man and the woman in this situation, I mean, going in together and making this decision. Yeah, so there's also a lot of men who pressure the women they're with right, to get so abortions. you are not even, there are no provisions mm-hmm. in the language of this bill at all, Mm-mm. at all. They that, said they're being very clean. So, so they're saying in the language of this bill, 100% of the time it's the woman making the decision yes. completely on her own with no input from anybody else. That's yep. fucking ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, but, you know, a lot of the language in this bill, as you were talking about, is specific. It, it's outrageous on purpose because federally they cannot do this. Yeah. Because Roe v. Wade says they can't. Yeah. So what they are relying on 
is people coming forward and saying this is unconstitutional because of Roe v. Wade. They want that to happen. Yeah, which So it that is. it can escalate and get to the Supreme Court with hopes of overturning Roe v. Wade. Yep. That's what they're trying to do. Yep. Um, and this is where I get really worked up and really heated and really upset because... And ag- I always want to err on the side of not nagging people for things that they can't do anything about now, where, yeah. which is not voting in the 2016 election or voting third party thinking it did no harm. Because by allowing Trump to become president, even with your complicity, what has happened is we now have a very conservative-leaning Supreme Court. Yep. We have Kavanaugh and Gorsuch on the Supreme Court, both of whom are pro-life Catholics. Yep. Who will not hesitate to overturn Roe v. Wade if it gets there. Yeah. So you can almost certainly, and I don't mean to be like a doomsdayer, but like you can almost certainly kiss your reproductive rights goodbye like those are on their way out this is strategic on the part of of republicans it's very strategic they are counting on it being countered yep like that's what they're counting on yeah they want it to be they want to get the attention that it's getting they want it to be countered because the more attention is brought to it the higher and higher it will make it to the supreme court and the supreme court will overturn roe v wade like i i have no doubt short of something um extraordinary happening i i just don't think that they will uphold it yeah um and okay so we both feel of course that it's a and you know i'm gonna come off top and say that i don't foresee that i would get an abortion myself but i am pro a woman's right to choose yeah because no one has you you are not involved in those situations that has led any given person to any yeah. given point in their life. Yeah. And it's not our right to say what's right or wrong for that person's life. Yeah, I I can't sit here and say that I don't think I would get one because I don't know. It depends on the circumstance that I'm in. It depends on a, a lot of different factors. I am not here to say that it's out of the question for me Well, at all. no... Well, it's absolutely not. I don't think it's out of the question for any woman, given the right circumstance. Right. But I mean, like, I'm saying in my circumstances, I don't think that I would, I think that it would be something that I would think about. Well, I think that that's a universal thing. I think, like, any given person, given the right circumstance, being put in the right circumstance, would have to consider abortion. Mm -hmm. I think that that's not um, anything that's unusual. Um but what I will say is a lot of focus has been put on, rightly so, incest and rape. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, rightly so. That there's been focus well, put on that. Yes. But, but if you need to get an abortion or want to get an abortion for any reason, that should be your it's right. It's valid. That should be your right, and yeah. you should be allowed to do that. And the thing with um, banning abortion for those who are victims of incest is so bonkers to me because you are subjecting your child then to possibly have certain birth defects like that that shouldn't be something that's just like okay well i mean and and honestly like from the limited knowledge i have of of incest yeah my knowledge is very limited i think that 
likelihood of birth defects is actually fairly low. It's not super, super high. You can have a healthy baby born of incest. You can. But that is a consideration. It is something that should be considered, and it shouldn't have to get to the point of the woman's life being in danger to abort that baby. Agreed. um, Or the baby's life being in danger and and potentially... Or correction, fetus. I know sure, what you mean. <laughs> but you know, like, or the fetus's life, or baby's life. Yeah. You know, because when we talk about late term abortions, that is what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about the this child at this point. Yeah, the quality of life is not going to yeah. be good enough for you to want to sustain this. Yes. Um, you know, it's just. Anyway, so uh, Roger Smitherman, who's a Democrat in Alabama, he asked what would happen under the bill to a young girl who was the victim of incest and found out she was pregnant. And one of the Republican senators said that he hoped the bill would result in young women uh, learning to seek physical and mental help quickly if they were abused. He said, and I quote, What I hope is if we pass this bill that all young ladies would be educated by their parents, their guardians, that should a situation occur like this, you need to get help. You need to do it immediately. Then also they can get justice in the situation. If they wait, justice delayed is justice denied. So you're putting the onus on a on a girl, on a yeah. on a girl yeah. who's just gone through a traumatic event yeah. to open up about her open experience. up, speak up about it. And then you're also telling us that this broken judicial system that we have seen time and time again is gonna fail victims yeah. is going to somehow support this girl. And if she doesn't do it, well, then that's fucking her fault. Well, and then also that, that girl is still pregnant via rape. Right. Then what? And then what? I mean, because I Just think... Just because that guy's in jail doesn't mean that her circumstances are any different. Right. You're still asking her to carry her rapist's baby to term, which the indignity of that, I can't even imagine. And I know that people have done it. And I know that, you know, there have been a variety of outcomes for that situation, but that's not saying that every single person, um, is fit for that. Like we are going to just, so you guys have an update. Our next episode is going to be about like essentially maternal mental health and postpartum depression and things like that. These things matter. They do. And when you talk about the health of a woman and the risk to her life, it's not just a physical risk that she is facing. Yeah. I cannot imagine the mental and emotional trauma. Well, and also you are at times then putting the child at that point, the the live birthed child at risk because of some of the strain that the mother could be going through mentally and physically. You know what I right. mean? Like, that's not thinking about the life of the child once it's being brought into well, the world. Well, I mean, none of this is ever thinking about the life no. of the child after it's brought into the world. No. And I saw something that uh, really struck a chord with me that was just like, this is really a class issue. Mm-hmm. Because these people who are passing this law and these people who are rich white people, this is never going to really affect them. Because their mistresses, their daughters, the people who they want to have an abortion because it's not... Um, it's not desirable lifestyle. for them yeah. at that time. They will always find a way to do it. Yeah. 100% of the They'll time. They'll people off. They will find a way to yeah. do it. But poor people will not be able to find a way to do it. And then you're just... And they won't be given no mercy. And you're continuing the cycle of poverty because of this. Yeah. Well, and speaking of rich people who can pay someone off to get an abortion, <laughs> let's let's see what Donald Trump has to say about all this, shall we? 
So in response to the Alabama bill, the White House says that Donald Trump is, quote, defending the dignity of life. The statement says, unlike radical Democrats who have cheered legislation allowing a baby to be ripped from their mother's womb moments before birth. That's not how it works. I know. (laughs) President Trump is protecting our most innocent and vulnerable, defending the dignity of life and called Congress to prohibit late term abortions. That's That's not not what we're fucking talking about. I know. Six weeks. After conception is not late term, and it, but the language ripping, uh, well, child, I mean, like it's just this, it's so it it's, does it's go hand in hand. A picture in people's minds of what an abortion is, and it's so right. fucked up. And it does go hand in hand with what I was trying to say earlier, yeah. which I totally muddled. But what I was trying to say is that there are instances when late because that was a big thing. New York passed a thing that essentially allowed late-term abortions in some cases. But the thing is, if a late-term abortion is taking place, it's because there is significant risk to either the yeah. the child or the mother I would at say, that point. I would say typically if a, if a woman has carried the child basically to term, right. that there would be other things there would it's be not other that she things in place. It's not that she does not want that kid. Or or that or that she would be putting the kid up for adoption or like there I would have right. thinking yes. that there would be other um plans in place. Ninety you know? percent of the time, that's a figure I'm just throwing out there. So don't quote me on that. I was gonna say you just knew that off the top no, of your head. But I mean but it is something like that. I have mm-hmm. looked at the numbers before. A, a considerable amount, almost every... They're not going to let you have a late-term abortion mm-hmm. unless there is something, some extenuating circumstance. And usually what that is... I've read many op-eds after that thing in New York passed. There were a lot of op-eds from mothers who were saying, uh, or women who were saying, you know, I've had six miscarriages and I finally was able to carry this baby all the way to, you know, however many weeks and was excited to have this child. And then they told me it was either carry a dead baby, like your baby was going to die in your womb, carry a dead baby to term, or your baby would be born and then it would be in pain. Yeah. And it would die shortly after you birthed, you'd birth a baby just for it to die immediately. Like there are circumstances in which a parent or a mother or a woman Can or a man would say this is the most humane thing for something it's born of love it's not born of like i just want to kill this is, baby either way is gonna suck and it and it does yeah, like it does suck it's not i feel like yes i'm sure there are women where it isn't really a big deal or people where it isn't as big of a deal as it is to some people but i feel like for uh, for most i'm gonna go out there and say that the decision to have an abortion is a big decision. Just like deciding to carry a baby to term is a big right. decision. It's not something where they're like, oh, I'm just going to kill this thing off, whatever I, I what know, to do. I know women who have told me many times and stand by the fact that they do not want kids. Yeah. And they stand by that. But they have had either an abortion or a miscarriage, and they still feel sadness about yeah. that, even though they don't want kids. But there is still something that they've had to deal with emotionally mm-hmm. that is hard for them. And some people, that's not the case, and that's fine, too. Yeah. Like, if you don't feel everyone anything, handles things differently. everyone handles things differently. But in general, I would say it, it is probably something that, bare minimum, they have to devote a lot of time and energy thinking about and making a decision about. I mean, because even if it's not the loss of a potential child that's upsetting to you, 
it is a medical procedure you're going to have to go in for and yeah. recover from. Yeah. It's a big decision. Yeah. People don't just make it willy-nilly. I don't know. This whole thing has been very upsetting to me. People's yeah. reactions have been upsetting to me. I've unfriended people already this week uh, over over it. I'm, I'm so glad I don't go on Facebook anymore. Um, Someone had posted, it's not someone I talked to in a long time, but he had posted something about how if a woman was raped and had to carry her baby, well, two wrongs don't make a right, and we'll just arrest the rapist. And I'm just like, okay. So I unfriended that person. Bye. Goodbye. Well, I really, you know I love my girl Busy Phillips, right? Yes, I do. So she, and we posted about this on her Instagram, we've gotten lots of traffic on that, but she opened up on her show, Busy Tonight, about getting an abortion at age 15. And she says that statistics is uh, the statistics is that one in four women will have an abortion before age 45. You may be sitting there thinking, I don't know a woman who has had an abortion. You do. Well, you know me, she says. So now thousands of women have shared their stories by using the hashtag, you know me. And Busy was inspired by the hashtag MeToo movement and wanted to end the stigma around abortion. And this is something that is probably very jarring and shocking for a lot of people for this to be in, like, mainstream media. I, for one, think it's incredibly empowering for people to be able to tell their stories for something that they probably have felt shame for, no matter how they responded to it themselves. Um, Shame for not wanting to share their story or people to know because they don't want to be judged for it. And I think that by other women sharing their stories, it's connecting with those people who have felt that shame, where even if they can't share the stories themselves, they feel less alone. Yeah, I agree. And it's good for people who haven't had abortions or have experiences with it to be able to understand that this is a real human person who's gone through this thing. Right. I mean, and I will say, like, there were times I grew up, you know, in a very kind of strict, morally strict Mm -hmm. lifestyle there were times after I was having sex when people around me didn't know that I was having sex when I was, like, in my late teens, my early 20s, uh, and didn't want my parents to know that I was having sex where I had scares, like yeah. pregnancy scares. And it is, it was such a hard thing for me to and, have to... And I would assume lonely. It, it, yeah, I mean, of course, because it was such a thing, like, normally I would talk to my mom about it, couldn't talk to her about it, and it was one of those things where... You were grappling with the idea of feeling like this deep, deep shame if you were. Yeah. And having to f- tell your parents and follow through with that, which was almost an unbearable thing to think about. Yeah. And meanwhile, you were raised with this belief that you should never have an abortion. Yeah. And so that there was deep, deep shame and even thinking that that could be a possibility for yeah. you. And so it was very, very isolating. Yeah. Like, it's very isolating. Yeah. And I, you know, I also was raised, I was raised Catholic, as a lot of you know. And I remember, I've told this story on the, on the show before, so I'll just say it briefly. But I just remember when Al Gore was running for president and they, like, these classes were making pro-choice like posters and putting them pro all life. over pro life sorry pro yeah. life posters and putting them all over the school and i was very very young and but i knew that my parents were pro choice and i knew that they would be voting for al gore and when i said something not really realizing the weight of what i said about being pro choice i got called a baby killer well yeah and yeah no one wanted to play with me because yeah. i was the baby killer yeah uh, I mean, I understand that it's a very emotionally charged issue on on both sides. I yeah. understand that, but the point is, if you're not here to fucking help, 
then get out. Then get out. Like, yeah. you get to, then just get out. And you can't tell me that this is anything but anti-woman if you're not willing to hold the men who who are also yeah. in this situation responsible it's for this. It's just, like, fucking anti-science like, anti and anti-logic at this point, too. It's, like... All of it, yeah. Bill Nye taught you. It's bullshit. <laughs> and you know what? I fucking hate her, but even Tommy Lauren, yeah. like, posted something where she was just like, these laws are too restrictive. Yeah. And you know, if that, like, blonde Barbie fucking came forward and said that shit, that, like, that's... It's legit. That's the case. Okay, so I'm just going to touch on these things really quickly. Yes. Uh, for the end of our episode here, we rightfully talked about that issue yes. for a while. That's pretty... That's, like, all I have. That's, so that's what I'm we should have... something else. That's what we should have done. So, um, as we know now, there are way too many fucking candidates... In the 2020 race. Yeah. There are too many. We're over 20 at this point on the Democrat side. It's ridiculous. It needs to stop. I'm done. (laughs) But uh, I, and I feel really sad because I feel like she is not going to get very far. But so far, and who knows, I might change my mind once I start seeing a lot more stuff. But so far... I'm kind of team Elizabeth Warren right now. You are. She is she has moved forward throughout this entire thing with so much conviction. She's one of the only people talking about policy. Yeah. She doesn't seem to be caring about like who she's isolating. She's just like this is what I believe. She's like I'm anti big bank. I'm like ready for the middle class to fucking rise up. Like I love rise her. Up. Um But so recently, Bernie Sanders did a town hall on Fox News and people were like, oh, don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Uh, Him agreeing to be on Fox News. Yeah. However, it did go very well. It was received pretty well. It seems like Fox News were ready for (laughs) him to be on there. Although, and you know how I feel about Bernie Sanders. I do like Bernie Sanders, but he seems. Not for this election. No. And he does seem to run on the same he only has, like, five talking points that he's going to yeah. hit every time. And I'm like, what else can you bring me, Bernie? Being president is about more than that, you know? Right. Um, but they Fox News did also offer a town hall to Elizabeth Warren, and she turned it down. She said, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> she said, and I quote, I love town halls. I've done more than 70 since January, and I'm glad uh-huh. to have a television audience be a part of them. Fox News has invited me to do a town hall, but I'm turning them down, and here's why. Fox News is a hate-for-profit racket that gives a megaphone to racists and conspiracists. It does, it's designed to turn us against each other, risking life and death consequences to provide cover for the corruption that's rotting our government and hollowing out our middle class. What did I just do the whole time you said that? You danced. It was I did lovely. Like a tu- I did like a touchdown yes, dance. Yes, like, what, yes, what, yes, 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 um, yes, yes. I love it. It's, she doesn't want to give ammunition to uh, the ads people yes. for Fox News, for ad sales people, because so far the only thing that has ever made them change their minds on anything is people threatening to pull their sales, like yeah. pull their ads yeah. from their show. So Which isn't saying much. she doesn't want to appear on Fox News and then give ammunition to Fox News for them to be able to go to ad sales and say, look, we really are unbiased. Yeah. And we really are like looking at That's things the, from they, both they views. Have, they have an agenda. Yeah. You know? It's it, we're balanced. Yeah. You know, so she doesn't want to do that. And I agree. I think, yeah. you know, some people might argue that this would allow her to see like to be exposed to a wider audience. They're not going to listen to her. However, that's exactly right. My my feeling is if people care enough to want to see if if that audience people who watch Fox News, Fox News care enough to see uh what 
is she has there. to say, yeah. they will go to another network to watch her town hall. Like, yeah. if, if they care that much to yeah, see what Elizabeth Warren has to say, they'll go to M- MSNBC. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they don't need to watch it on Fox News. So I'm Agreed. really happy about that. Um, I have something else, but we'll save that for next time. You sure? Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know it was a lot on one topic, but it's a pretty important one. So it like, is. I feel fine with having it kind of go for most of the episode. Um, if you would like to reach out to us with any of your responses to what we spoke about today, feel free to email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. We are also taking fatherhood stories and coming out stories for the month of June. So we really, really need your stories, much like we did for the motherhood episode. So do not hesitate to send those into our email. You can also direct message us and follow us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter if you want. It is at Yanf Podcast. Y-A-N-F Podcast. I was like, is she going to do it? Is she going to do it? <laughs> We're also on Facebook. We have a business and a group page. You can find us there. You can uh, rate and review us on our Facebook business page as well. We really love it when you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That makes us the most happy. It also makes us really happy when you listen on Radio Public. Go ahead and sign up for that app it's free for you and it helps us out a little bit so we very much appreciate it oh my god i just got a huge charlie horse on my foot Uh-oh. oh i've gotten like two today in the same foot oh i'm fine i'm fine i'm good i can finish this episode i am really open to hearing about your abortion stories <gasps> if you yes. want to share your abortion story with us because i have heard several abortion stories and they do run the gamut between something that was very difficult and hard and something that was a relief for people yeah so i would love to hear your stories if you have a personal experience with abortion that you want to share um kind of destigmatize this whole idea of abortion please write that into us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com we can totally keep you completely confidential and anonymous we don't have to reveal your name or any of your information it would just be to, to kind of have this there. this sharing experience about yeah. about it. So I would love to even just have a whole what's in the news episode. Yeah, devoted to devoted, devoted to that. that. I, I, think that'd I would be really too. Great. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.